Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Dude, you're actually updating things while you're doing the intro with me. I'm really good. Uh, yeah, it, I, I, know, I, can do, I can do like five things up. at once. Jimmy's actually moving stuff in our Trello from one thing to another. Yeah, just so um, I can uh, while we're keep talking. Track. So I'm going right. to work on, make sure all this stuff gets uh, set up. But we're going to be in the moment here now. You're yeah, going to be here in now. the moment. Yeah. You're present. I'm just writing notes. Are you, I'm you're writing here, notes. but you're going to be here too. Like mentally, spiritually, you're, you're going to be present. No, no, I'm just going to uh, be here physically, but uh, mentally and in spirit, I will be elsewhere. You're checked out already, aren't you? I'm checked I out. I'm that done. glazed over look on your face. Yeah, yeah. it's just... Uh, uh, too much. <laughs> Joe's laughing because uh, my mm-hmm. kids have been a wreck at my house, and he's yep. laughing at me because my wife is gone, and I'm stuck with them, and I have this glazed over, almost like post-traumatic stress disorder, yeah. uh, PTSD. Yeah, I think that... Uh, Parental stress disorder. You, uh, Jimmy was like... Uh, I'm like, hey, man, listen, I'm going out of town, so for a couple of weeks, we've got to get these things done. You know, I'm always the one kind of pushing the agenda, like make sure get stuff gets done because Jimmy's so disorganized. Oh, so, yeah, that, anyway. that, yeah, that sounds, uh, that sounds yeah, about, about right. right. So, um, so we're like, all right, and Jimmy's like, well, hey, listen, uh, Michelle's gone, so can we record at the house? And I'm thinking, with your kids running around? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, we could do that, you know, or, you know, we could, you know, we could do it at the church, too. I mean, f- figure something out, but like, whatever. And so Jimmy got a babysitter. Yeah, of course. I think the real reason you did it was to get a break. Uh, that's part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. It hasn't been—I mean, it hasn't been as bad as it could be. Um, yeah. I've been having other people watch my kids over and over and over. <laughs> so that I've been at work. You know, it's been yeah, crazy. You've been working. So, um, what are we talking about today? We are going to be talking about the seventh commandment. Now, all of our listeners know exactly what the seventh commandment is because uh, they're not playing. They're not playing. They've got all 10 memorized. They got all, because you told them to, because you shamed them. They, no, I didn't. Sh- I shamed you. Why'd you? You didn't shame oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I totally got you. Got no, no, yeah, no. Go back and listen. So um, we're on the seventh commandment. Seventh commandment. What is it? Uh, you shall not commit adultery. All right. That's pretty simple. Pretty simple. It's right? pretty straightforward. It sounds pretty basic. Sounds pretty easy. Hey, don't do that. Yeah, don't yeah, don't do that. But people do that. Uh yeah. yeah. And and people uh, and not just, you know, uh not just unbelievers, but oh, yeah. believers. You believers know, we're do gonna, that. really going to talk focus on on believers. We've got yeah. especially those that uh even those, I would say, you know, we've seen a number of cases of high profile, mm-hmm. but how many though those are the ones we know of. But how many others do we see? You know, we yeah. haven't seen, you know? Uh, adultery is uh, a sin that in its most formal um, uh, manifestation, yeah. in its most formal, would you think of adultery? That happens uh, in uh, Christian marriages and Christian lives. It happens in local churches, you know, this sort of a thing. Um, and uh, it happened, and it ha- so it happens to some uh, in that way, or you could say a, a number, but uh, in its broader sense, this commandment is broken by everyone. This commandment is 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 not just something that uh, a few people have fallen into. It is yeah. something that we all have in one way or another. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that now. You know this this. So let's start with this on the level of principle. Again, okay. we're recommending Tommy Watt. Tommy Watt Watt. Tommy Watson. Thomas Watson. You got to read Thomas Watson on the Ten Commandments. Links in the show notes. You can mm-hmm. read it for free online or buy a nice copy. Buy the nice copy, but I don't think we've linked to that one. I think we've oh, just yeah. been linking to the free. Well, it's uh, no, no, no. I linked to the Amazon thing. 
Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. That's all. So, um, what what does Watson say the the essence of this uh, command is? Uh, purity. The essence right. of the command is purity. That's what he says, right? It's, he says like the sum of it is uh, maybe he says bodily purity. Yeah, but, yeah. But but he doesn't only mean what you do with your physical body. Correct. He means mental acts as well. Now for Watson though, when you know where he talks about the commandments, he always talks about things that are implied and things that are explicitly uh, forbidden or explicitly commanded. And so there's an implication here mm-hmm. uh, that that this commandment carries with it. So the command is, is a prohibition. You shall not commit adultery. But what does he say the, the implication is? Is to, uh, to honor marriage. Right. To honor this, uh, the sanctity of marriage. Right. And so like, think about this. Like, if, if, if God is telling us don't commit adultery, if he's yeah. explicitly telling us this, then something that he is implicitly telling us is that marriage matters, how you treat your spouse matters. That's right. Um, and so purity in marriage, the marriage bed, right, we used to call it, is to be honored. So we have a number of passages of Scripture that um, that we can look at. But, for example, um, in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1, it says, Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. Yeah. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time. Time that you may devote yourselves to prayer and then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So there, you know, there's this whole issue of, of, of sexual temptation um, and sexual desire that is uh, – sexual desire is a good thing. Uh, and so one of the things in marriage in which that we're – one of the ways in which we're supposed to honor each other in marriage is by um, seeking one another's satisfaction in yeah. that area. Right, so marriage, sex is not just for procreation; uh, it is for recreation. <laughs> it's for good times. It's a, it's a good gift from. It, yeah. It's a good gift. It is a great gift. Enjoyed. It's a it's a pretty awesome gift. That's I would say it's better than good. Fantastic. You annoyed like 25% of our people so bad. They're probably really annoyed right now. So it's a, it's a great gift meant to be enjoyed in the context of marriage, mm-hmm. not outside of it. And um, so, yeah, that's something to, uh, you know, that, that we should pursue. And, you know, you read Ephesians 5 and it talks yeah. about, you know, how wives are supposed to be respecting their husbands and husbands are supposed to be loving and sacrificing for their wives. And so love, faithfulness, sacrifice, respect. That's right. That's what we're talking about. That's in marriage, talking. that's how you honor marriage. And this is the implication uh, of of this specific command, which seems like a negative, or which is a negative command in and of itself. Yeah, and I mean, uh, from there, I think then let's talk about uh, what he's actually saying. Then, right? Like, you know, we have the implied, but what then is forbidden? Um, like, if we look at, I'm actually trying to find here Jeremiah 29. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's see. Sorry, I should have had it up. I apologize. So what's forbidden here, right, uh, in the clearest sense is this this physical 
uh, act, right? Do Correct. not commit adultery. Did you find Jeremiah 29? Yes, yet? I did. What does it say? Uh, they have done an outrageous thing in Israel. They have committed adultery with their neighbor's wives, and they have spoken in my name lying words that did not command them. Uh, I am the one who knows, and I am witness, declares the Lord. So we're talking then, you know, here we have this uh, Jeremiah's letter to the exiles. Mm -hmm. It's it's God's, uh, I guess, condemnation for their unfaithfulness to him, but also their unfaithfulness physically. Yeah. to to marriage right and he says i i mean i i i bear witness i've, I've seen what you've done mm-hmm. so the, the physical act that's um you know it seems so obvious right like oh well of course we know that this is forbidden but the reality is is that we are tempted yeah to this i mean this is something that actually um if you don't think that you could fall in that particular sin in that particular way then you are in a bad spot yeah, I would be concerned. I mean, I'm, I'm saying even for myself, if I was feeling that way, I would be concerned and I would hope that other brothers uh, would come alongside and say, man, you need to watch your walk yeah. in this area because the moment you're sitting there thinking you've got it all together is the moment you're gonna you're more right. susceptible to it. Yeah, because, I mean, realistically, I know that I could fall and commit adultery. I know that that... It, that 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 sin is inside. Yeah, of theoretically me. you could. Right. Yeah. So, but I also think that it's probably fair to say that I'm a few de- a few bad decisions away from that becoming a reality. So, yeah. the, the idea of me committing adultery today, pretty unlikely. I feel like, but I'm but I'm the the road to that action is a short one. It's just a few wrong turns, a few bad decisions, and that's any of us. It, it, and that, and listen, I've been a pastor long enough to know, through talking to people who have fallen into this thing, how it happens and why it happens. And uh, so, from pastors down to uh, you know just people in the church, members of the church, uh, this is a, a real. It may not be a temptation to you right now, but it is a real danger to you whether you know it or not. So we've got to guard ourselves against this thing. Absolutely. And so it's not just physical though. Then that that leads into mental. Right. Mentally, you know, it's forbidden. I mean, you think of uh, in, in Matthew 5, Jesus's sermon, we talked about that, right? Like, yeah. if you're, if, if, what about lust in your heart mm-hmm. when you seek, when you desire someone else? Right. Yeah. He says you're committing adultery. You know, you, you, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I'm telling you, mm-hmm. even if you lust in your heart after someone, you are breaking that commandment. That's right. And so, and it's not like, you know, Jesus is not saying, that the act of lust in your heart is going to have the same impact on your marriage as committing the physical act. But he is saying, essentially, it is breaking the law, breaking the command. Because what you're doing is you are giving yourself mentally, you're giving yourself to someone else. Even not physically, it is happening internally. You are not being satisfied with the the wife of your youth or with the husband uh, that you've committed yourself to. Instead, you are um, delighting in someone else, even if that someone else is imaginary or not real or fully plastic and enhanced, you know, whatever it is, uh, you're giving yourself to someone else. And I think that it's fair to say that the, you know, the mental transgression uh, of this, and we're talking what, uh, lust, right? We're talking the people fall in this when they're looking at porn, Yeah, but people also fall in this when they're just 
looking at other women or men. They're just they 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 fixate on them. They they linger on their body. Yeah, uh, when they're I mean the the term used is like undressing them with their eyes, right? You know? And uh, so I think there's there's different ways that this this comes about, but that that mental aspect of it is enough to break the law yes. and and enough to for you to need cleansing and redemption. But it's also uh, a step closer towards the physical act, don't you think? I think so, because I mean, I think you're already in your mind and in your heart uh, deciding that one, you are not satisfied with what God has given you, yep. or yeah, what, with what God has given you. And secondly, uh, there's a—I don't know how to word it. There's like a possession, right? Like you—you you somehow think this is owed to you, or that this is yeah. yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think once you're there kind of physically and emotionally, I think it's easier than if tempt if if the situation arises mm -hmm. to go for it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And here's the problem. I, I think some I know. In fact, I know some of you guys do this. You think like, OK, um, you're, you're married and you're faithful to your spouse and you you wind up looking at porn or uh, engaging in acts related to that. And you think, well, this is only as far as I'll take it. And I'm doing this, and and I, this is sort of like a uh, a way that I'll I'll do this. That way, I won't have an affair, yeah. or I'll do this, and and that way, I'm not going to be looking at other people. You are fooling yourself if you think that this is somehow helping you. If you think that somehow this is uh, getting you out of more dangerous trouble, like, well, I'm opting for the small sin instead of the big sin, it doesn't work that way, man. If you do that, you're, you're essentially conditioning your heart uh, for a different kind of uh, path to follow, right? You're conditioning your soul to move away from your spouse, to move away from your wife and towards someone else to find, like Jimmy said, satisfaction in something mm -hmm. that God has not given you. So don't do that. Don't don't fall into that. And this doesn't just apply, though, to, to married people, does it? No, I mean, we're, it's also for, for singles. For those of you that have not uh, gotten married yet, I mean, the command then is is do not have sex before marriage. Right, and I think that they're like, well, I'm not... I can't commit adultery because I'm not married. Mm -hmm. and that's what they're thinking. That's what they're thinking, but, but you're uh, wrong. This idea of adultery is simply, you know, it's really sex outside of marriage. Now, of course, you, you know, talking to adults, married people in the scripture, it's, it's going to be the emphasis and the marriage being itself, marriage itself being honored and respected. But certainly this applies to people that aren't married because what you're doing uh, when you're lusting after someone uh, in this way that we're talking about, you are treating them as an object to possess, like Jimmy said, yeah. something that you are owed or deserve. Um, you're not loving that person righteously in the way that you That's should. Right. As a brother and sister or sister in Christ. Right. I mean, that should be, you know, one of the, one of the cures, right? To, to view the person of the opposite sex as your brother or sister, right? Like that should be a, a very good help for you. But it's also, you're in a sense giving yourself, again, whether it's mentally or physically, you're giving yourself to someone who is not your spouse. Yeah. You're giving yourself to someone who's not your spouse. This is a real problem. Now, some people think about it like, well, okay, so we're talking about, um, you know, sex. I mean, can't we be forgiven? Mm -hmm. Why is this a big deal? Uh, Watson, Watson gets into this. Yeah, he gives uh, four reasons why this is... Uh a big deal. So first he says it is a breach of the marriage oath 
When people come together in matrimony, they bind themselves by covenant to each other in the presence of God to be true and faithful in the marital relation. Unchastity breaks this solemn oath, and herein adultery is worse than fornication because they breach of the marital bond. Yeah. So it's not you are breaking the the marriage covenant. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, hurting your spouse, betraying your spouse. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is this can be a life destroyer. This is I mean, this is a big, this yeah. is a big problem. So there's there's one. I, I think that. Um, and it's not, sorry, yeah. when I say it, like you say it's a life destroyer, and I think you you ruin someone. I I would think like you, when you break it. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word to to use here because I think there's there's emotionally. I think I would think for the other individual, they need they somehow come away feeling like, well, why am I not enough? Oh, yeah. What is wrong with me that you need something else or someone else? And what what people that have affairs oftentimes say is like, well, listen, it's not that uh, you're the problem. The problem is in me. Uh, I'm I'm looking for more, and it's not that you're not enough. It's that I can't be satisfied, yeah. or it's that this other thing happened. Um, you know, when guys are, are, you know, looking at pornography and they, their wife finds out or they confess to their wife or something like that comes out, the wives are going to normally feel like, well, why can't you just look at me? Like, what's the problem? And the guys will say, well, it's not that I don't love you and find you, I find you more attractive than anybody else. But then there's just, I am insatiable. Mm. And so they've got to deal with that sin. All of it is breaking that covenant oath. And it, yeah, it, it is so destructive. Now, there can be healing. There, there's yeah, restoration and redemption. But uh, it's, boy, you really need restoration after this kind of a sin because it's so damaging. Uh, the second uh, reason that this is such a great sin, such a, a big deal, Watson says, is that, uh, that this sin is a great dishonor done to God. Mm. So think of, you know, Psalm 51 against you and you only have I sinned, even though what did David do? Well, he committed adultery. So he, uh, he betrayed Uriah. He took advantage of Bathsheba. Um, it, he sinned against a number of people in that act. But um, here's what uh, here's what Watson says. He says the adulterer sets his will above God's law, mm. tramples upon his command, affronts him to his face as if a subject should tear his prince's proclamation. Uh, the adulterer is highly injurious to all the persons in the Trinity. To God the Father, sinner, God has given you your life, and you do waste the lamp of life, the flower of your age in lewdness. He has bestowed on you many mercies, health, and estate, and you spend all on harlots. So he's applying this specifically to prostitution. Did God give you your wages to serve the devil? It is injurious to God the Son in two ways. As he purchased you with his blood, you are bought with a price. Therefore, you should glorify God in your body. Now he is, uh, now he who is bought is not his own. It is a sin for him to go to another without consent from Christ, who has bought him with a price. As by virtue of baptism you are a Christian and profess that Christ is your head and you are a member of Christ. Therefore, what an injury it is to Christ to take the members of Christ and to make them a member of a harlot. It is injurious to the Holy Spirit, for the body is his temple. Do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So, yeah, defiling the temple, you don't do it with cigars and tattoos, guys. Hmm. You do it with sexual sin. That's the whole point of 1 Corinthians 6. So we 
blaspheme God, the triune God. We push back against the goodness of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We dishonor Him when we engage in these things because we are using our mind or our bodies in ways that they are not given to us to uh, to use. Which kind of goes into the third reason yeah. or why it's a big deal, uh, that it's committed with mature deliberation, that Watson says. And he goes, uh, there is contriving the sin in the mind, then consent in the will, and then the, and then the sin is put forth into act. Yeah. To sin against the light of nature and to sin deliberately is like the dye to the wool. It gives sin a tincture and dyes it with a crimson color. So it's not something that just, like, you know, and I, I haven't been in this situation, so, but I feel like it's, people sometimes would try to say, well, it just kind of happened. Right. Like it just it just took over me and it kind of happened. I'm sure maybe there's I'm sure there's some aspect to that. But I think there's something else that has happened yeah. that's been preparing the way to that. Yeah. There's, it, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so you may have been caught off guard to a degree. But as Joe was saying earlier, the heart has been prepared th- during this time. Like you have been leaning towards this in some way, whether it's through pornography or leering or lusting or staring or however you want to kind of go into that. Uh, And when the opportunity arises, it's much more difficult, I would say, to resist. Now, this is something that we we talked about um, uh, in a previous episode, why pastors fail, why pastors fall. And it really got into the issue of why do people wind up having an affair? Yeah. Um, And so like we talked about then, it's, you know, there are decisions that are made, there are conflicts and problems that arise. And when you do not deal with the problems in your marriage, and every marriage has problems, when you don't deal with the problems in your marriage, when you're not seeking help, when you're not talking and communicating, when you're not maintaining conjugal love, right? When you're Mm not, uh, you know, maintaining intimacy, then these are steps towards uh, some situations where it would be more likely for us to have an affair. Number four, last thing that he says, the greatness of this sin is that it is a needless sin. That's another reason it's so great. Listen, if you're married, God has given you a spouse. You should be doing everything you can to cultivate um, an intense, hot love, right? That is um, fun, that is physical, that is spiritual, that is emotional. It should be all of that. So if you're married, you should be having that. If you're not married, then you should be learning how to possess your body in an honorable way, uh, learning contentment, right, with your station in life and saving yourself for that thing. You do not need the sex, Right, it is something that is a gift. When you are married, then you 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 have it. You're you're able to enjoy it. You you should enjoy it, but you do not need sex to live your life. You do not need sex to be a whole and complete person. You do not need sex uh, to find contentment. Contentment isn't found in any one thing. It is found in what God gives you in your current life. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. But um, let's let's do this, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. We know that there is hope for people who have blown it in this sin, right? I, I would hope so. <laughs> there, there is, because this sin is not greater than the other sins listed in the Ten Commandments. Correct. Um, all of these sins are damnable, right? Any That's one right. sin can separate us from, from God, and we need forgiveness. We need cleansing. We have forgiveness. We have cleansing in Jesus. Yeah. So for those people who have fallen in lust, in pornography, in masturbation, or in adultery, there is forgiveness, not only forgiveness, but there is cleansing, 
and there is the empowerment to learn righteousness, and then there is the restoration that happens uh, in the, the marriage. All of that is possible through Christ, who made atonement for our sins, mm-hmm. and in his resurrection provides power to live in godliness, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think this is, a, you know, one of the things uh, I appreciate at Redeemer is this constant reminder every week of that when it comes to the Lord's Supper, knowing and, and discussing, having that time of uh, uh, confession, that that pastoral prayer in there um, as we together uh, confess our sins as uh, corporately, but then there's that opportunity individually mm-hmm. to be confessing our sins. Uh, and as we partake in the Lord's Supper, we're reminded of the hope that we have and the forgiveness uh, and obedience of Christ. And so uh, from there, then we are, in, as you said, empowered to obey, you know, that it's the it's the work of the spirit in the life of the, the believer uh, that we we depend on the Holy Spirit. We pray, we press into that means of grace, right? When we talk about uh, uh, corporate worship, as mm-hmm. we talk about uh, scripture reading, when we talk about prayer, but then also when we talk about gathering together uh, in community, right? Whether that's in smaller gatherings or Bible studies or right. in even smaller gatherings, uh, like for what we have as discipleship groups where we confess right. our sin. Well, especially in discipleship groups because they're all, uh, well, they're, they're supposed to be and they are, uh, all same sex right. uh, individuals, and it's only two or three people getting together, reading, praying, uh, and sharing intimate details of what's going on in their lives, so that people can can be uh, checking in on them, praying for them, mm-hmm. and uh, loving on them. Yeah. So that and that's that's really where the context in which God helps to rebuild us. Right? Yes. So if if you find yourself. Um, stepping into this maybe you've already stepped into it maybe you've you've completely jumped in and you're drowning in this sin uh at whatever level you're breaking this command there Mm -hmm. is hope and our encouragement to you would be to um repent of your sin see the danger see the heinousness turn away from it turn towards christ Mm -hmm. find forgiveness and cleansing there and seek his grace in restoring now what this is going to require is for some level of confession of this sin yeah if you're married, you need to talk to your spouse. You're going to need to get help and counsel from your pastors, from your friends. You might need a professional counselor as well. Um, but you are not alone. You are loved by God and by God's people. And we want you to take courage in the grace that God offers us in Jesus. If you're a part of a good church, they're going to help you with this. They're not going to crush you with this. Um, and in, what, 20 years of pastoral ministry, I've seen couples walk through uh, the, the, the damage of adultery to come through it and have the healthiest marriage they ever could have imagined That's after right. the fact. So now listen, one thing that Watson does here, because he's a good Puritan, he likes to give lists. He likes to give lists. So uh, for the next 25, 30 minutes, let's go through <laughs> his 16 so, ways to avoid this sin. Okay, now Jim's not exaggerating. He gives 16 ways to uh, avoid All right, so we got sin. another 40 minutes here. We're, uh, we're going to go quick because we got to go quick because we got to record a few of these before I go on vacation. I know, but we got, but no. there's 16. How are you going to go? We we're going to do, summarize, summarize. All right, here you go first. Fine. Number one, yeah. you, you could have number one. <laughs> Why do I? Oh, okay. All right. So I shall give some directions by way of antidote mm. to keep from the infection of this sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, number one's you. Go ahead. All right, number one. Mm. He basically says, uh, stay away from people 
who would tend to... All right, we're to... supposed to be summarizing this. Oh, I'm Stay sorry. away from whorish women and men. That, that's what it says. That's what it says. <laughs> don't, don't hang out with whorish people. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Say no way to the whorish. Um, do not come into comp- to the oh. company of a whorish woman. We're going to apl- supply or, or man uh, in mm-hmm. this. It's stay away from their house. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to read all of it. Just, I'm just, yeah, gonna, just, just, just stay but, away. From, run away. Run Don't away. Don't go near that house. Be pl- like David. Turn and run. Not David. Sorry. That'd be Jojo. Oh, Joseph. Yeah, be like Joseph. Joseph. Uh, no, David <laughs> ran right David into it. David's ran. like, give me some of that. <laughs> Joseph said, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no way. David was a bad example. Mm-hmm. Um, Number two. Wait, look- hey, 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 oh, just, just, just for the record, listen. Do not come into the company of, of a person that who is like this. The person who is down to party. The person who oh. you think is you know, going to move in that direction. You want to stay away from that person. Um, and this is going to apply... F- this is going to apply to a number of different things in your life, but keep your distance from this danger mm-hmm. in whatever way is necessary. Number two, go. Number two, look to your eyes. Much sin comes in by the eye. The eye tempts the imagination and the, and the imagination works upon the heart. Mm-hmm. And so I think watch your eyes. I think we were even talking about that before about yeah. leering, yeah. staring, lingering, undressing with your eyes. So right. be careful. And I think this also then uh, talks about like what you watch, entertainment. Right, like yeah. be careful in that area as totally. well. Uh, it's I know. gonna it, things gonna trigger lust in your heart. That's it. You know, like uh, Game of Thrones might not be for you. Yeah. <laughs> New seasons coming up. You know, uh, <laughs> maybe you need uh, to get no, it on I, video. I, I, I can't watch the Game of Thrones. But listen, like I know some people are like I can't believe people watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, but do you have a problem with people watching like uh, Miss 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 America, where they walk around in their uh, what is they walk around in their bathing suit or whatever? I'm for, sure the person the, does have that issue. So, if they're gonna say that, they're gonna say no. That, they yeah. probably don't. They so? probably don't care. Most people don't find a problem. I don't with, think no one cares about Miss America, anyways. No, not who's really. watching that? that? All right, that illustration would have worked 15 years ago. Well, I'm old. I know. So I'm old. Today, no, it so, doesn't work. So just move on. So here's the thing. Um, watch your eyes. Number three, look to your lips. He yes. says, take heed of any unclean word which may enkindle unclean thoughts in yourselves or others. In other words, he's saying, listen, the way that you talk, right, um, the, the, when you give voice to some of the thoughts that you're having, it just puts fuel on the fire that can lead you uh, in the wrong way. He says, impure discourse is the bellows to blow up the fire of lust. Uh, so beware there. Number and, four, Jim. Yeah, number four, I mean, kind of going off that, right? What, is, what does it say? That out of, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So mm-hmm. look in a special manner to your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. Every person has a tempter in his own bosom. And so I think, think uh, he says, thinking of sin makes way for the act of sin. So so when you start to kind of sense that feeling inside you, right? Like when you start to to desire it or want it, that's when you need to start confessing and suppressing. Right. Why do I get all the weird? Okay. Number five. <laughs> right, number five. Please go ahead. All right. Look, patriarchal. Okay. Joe Thorne. Look to your attire. Oh, tell us, Now, Joe. just let's hang with me here while I read this. Okay, mm. guys. Uh, we read of the attire of a harlot. Proverbs 7.10. Mm-hmm. A wanton dress is a provocation to lust. Mm-hmm. A cuttings and braidings of the hair, a painted face, half-naked breasts are allurements to immorality. So we- what Joe's trying to get at is your skirt should be all right. ankle length. And it's is- all women's fault. That's uh, really so the point length, that I would... Uh, and they have the covering? Let's go, let's go, let's go full burqa. Full, 
Okay, let's go. Right, that's what Joe. That's what the uh, Joe. No, wants. no, no. The 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 point here is that we have the ability to arouse lust in ourselves or others, or that's we right. can help others, or in ourselves simply by presenting ourselves in ways that are immodest. And this is not just for women. I know Joe doesn't say that. I mean, because yeah. So Joe, like for Joe, he needs to watch his Hasselhoff type chest hair that he exposes to the world. Oh yeah. Uh, so you need to watch your attire. I don't. Sir. I don't listen. I I don't button. No, that you got a button. I don't button that top button. I just want you to button like the next okay, three. The, up. No, 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 no. I, wait, there's a very top button One, which I can't. One, two, button. three, two. You've got three no, off. I've got your line. I got three. two. One. Just do two. that bottom one. One, two. Do that. How many? One. Tell the truth. How many buttons are not buttoned? Uh, on average, right now. On average, two. On average, three. I, I no, no, no. On never average, three, three. Never three. On average, never. Continue. And I have two on Art Hasselhoff. Move on. Because my beard then is too long. It looks weird, and I've well, never it, done that. But I see your your beard my, hair. Yeah, my well, it, it tangles with your a, chest it, hair. It, it, it balances out. It, it's like a it like it. It makes it look longer. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it makes my beard look bigger. It hangs in my chest hair. Continue. So on average, three. So watch your attire. Watch your attire is what he says. Um, and uh, don't. Uh, don't don't you don't want to I mean, here's what he says where the sign is hung out people will go in and taste the liquor <laughs> so Watson's listen, so great how, be modest right that's what he's yes. saying be modest in how you dress number, number six. six take heed of evil company sin is a very contagious disease one person tempts another to sin and hardens him in it there are three chords which draw men to immorality the inclination of the heart uh the persuasion of evil company and the embraces of the harlot right so your own heart Got bad people around you, and then uh, somebody that's someone down that's the party. tempting. Yeah, yeah someone that's like, down, like, let's get going. Let's get going. They so. embrace you. It's listen. Once they embrace you, you win. You. you that's got, why Joseph's like, no, yeah, no. He starts running. The cloak stays behind. Yeah, he's like, you got my cloak. You don't got me. <laughs> um, Number seven. Go ahead, Joe. All right. Uh, beware of going to theaters and plays. Hmm. A playhouse is often a preface to a whorehouse. <laughs> 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 I love that you get all oh, wait. I just no, you got dancing. I know. Out, I just so, saw yeah, the next one. <laughs> all right. So listen, um, a playhouse is often a preface to a whorehouse. Uh, first of all, yes, we do enjoy his use of the word whore. It's always fun. Um, but the, the, before you react to that and go like, oh, good grief, how puritanical. Listen, a lot of the movies that are out there today yeah. are just pornography. It's all that it is. It's just what would be called softcore porn, perhaps, but it is pornography. And so it's not. it's not a hard sell to say something like a playhouse is often a preface to a whorehouse because it conjures up these images or it displays outright these images that are uh, you know where there's a lot of nudity and sex and everything we need to be careful here beware of the kind of things that you go to enjoy for yeah. entertainment do they um, move you towards godliness and godly thought or are they arising within you lustful thoughts you, well, you know what to do. If it's arising lustful thoughts, you got to kill that, put that to bed. you got to walk away from that. Jesus says if you can't control yourself, well, you pluck out your eye so that you may not sin. Uh, in, other, in other words, deal with your sin as radically as is necessary. Hey, number eight, Jimmy. <sighs> number eight. Take heed of mixed dancing. That's why Jimmy and I can dance together, and it's never a problem. Jimmy just it's took never... a video of me dancing just today. Yep, just today. Uh, dance, what it says, dances are instruments of lust and wantonness. From dancing, people come to dalliance with another, and from dalliance to immorality. Uh, a lot of, oh, Chrysostom says, where dancing is. There the devil is. I speak chiefly of mixed dancing. We read of dances in scripture, but they were sober and modest. Uh, they were not mixed dances, but pious and religious, being usually accompanied with singing praises to God. All right. So 
All right, Jimmy. All right, I'm going to give my opinion. I think dancing is okay. I I like to dance. Mixed dance. I mean, you and I we, dancing is okay, but mixed. But no, dancing. dancing with my wife is okay. Okay, but that's. I think they would agree with that. Okay, you, yeah. but could you dance with uh, with my wife? It depends on the setting. It depends on the setting. It depends on the dance. Square dance. Yes. Uh. Yeah. You go, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't, you don't know, know any. I don't, other know, ones. I don't dance. I'm not going to take her salsa dancing. No salsa. I'm not taking her salsa dancing. What is what is that kind of dancing? No, don't. What? What? Go ahead. No, I don't know. I'm asking. Mm. So, here I guess when I look at because I don't I didn't even dance at my wedding. I'm like, oh heck no. See, that's that. why I would be dancing with your wife. Because my well, no, my, Jen cannot dance. Jen, oh man, she can't dance. Do you have you seen Elaine Bennis dance on Seinfeld? Yeah, yeah. Elaine can no. dance. Elaine can dance <laughs> compared can to dance Jen. Compared. <laughs> Jen would tell you that Jen's like I cannot dance. Uh, so. Look, look, I, I don't there's a dance. For, you know, there's a formal, there's an informal, there's there's appropriate, there's modest, and then there's what yeah. we have today. There's, there's some a, there's dances a, are clearly sexual. Yes, and that that would not be, but it's also I think the situation. I wouldn't slow dance with your wife, right? You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, square dance or whatever else or uh, whatever kind of ballroom dancing. Yeah, I guess. But you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, that's what I'm trying to so say. So some dances, are, I think some dances are sexual. Some yeah. dances are not. And I, I think we need to be, I think it's fair to say we got to be careful. That's right. There's hand placements. There's all different types and of it just, things. Just listen, just watch how people dance at clubs. That's obviously very sexual. Yeah. It, the, the whole and thing that's not what we're talking over, about. No. It. We're not down with that. We're not down with that. I'm not down with dancing at all because I think it's lame. But uh, that's, that's, just, that's just my personal thing. Dancing in short pants, I don't care. Don't want to have to. Anything to do with dancing mm-hmm. in short pants. Uh, but when it comes to morally, what we're, what we're concerned with is the sexualized stuff. Correct. All Correct. Right. All right, number nine. So wait, hold on then. Wait. Is Watson then say so Watson is saying though, because he's saying take heed of mixed dancing. So yeah, you and I dancing would be fine yeah. in Watson's eyes. Yeah. No, I guess he just never really fathomed the idea that Well, I don't know. You know. All right, number nine. We gotta be fast here. Fast. Take heed of lascivious books and pictures which provoke to lust. This is a no duh. We don't need to spend time here. Mm-hmm. Um but listen, you, you, let's just say this. You can avert your eyes from actual, like, hard pornography on the internet, right? That's doable. You don't have to be Superman or Superwoman to do that. But there is pornography everywhere. Yeah. And you can't, you can't use the internet or drive down the street without encountering pornography visually. So to take heed of lascivious books and pictures is one thing, but you need to be, have, a, have a mindset to fight against it at every step along the day. Go. Number 10, take heed of excess in diet. When oh, come gluttony on. and Why drunkenness would what? lead the van, what? immorality and wantonness bring up the rear. Okay, so explain how, Jimmy. Explain how like somebody eating or drinking too much would have any connection to Because uh, I think they're, they're preconditioning themselves to having this insatiableness, that they desire more, more, more. And yeah. if they're going to desire more, more, more in these areas, right. they're more likely to desire more, more, more in this other area. It's a discipline issue. Yeah, it's a discipline issue. It's a hard issue. That's really good. Go, 11. Right. Number 11, take heed of idleness. You all know this. So um, idle hands, devil's playground, something like that. I don't know. But uh, we do know this. Like when we get bored, when you don't have anything to do, uh, you are more susceptible to sin, and uh, you know I think most of us know from experience. You know we uh, we become idle, and the temptations come, and it's just easy for us to wind up in a bad place. So take heed of idleness, Jimmy. What's number twelve? To avoid fornication and adultery, let every man have a chaste, entire love to his own wife. So love your wife. I mean, he talks about it here. He makes this clear distinction: it is not having a wife, but loving 
a wife, which makes a man live chastely. So it's not about yeah. her. It's about you and yeah. your heart setting your affections, your desires only on her. Yeah. Love the life of, or love the wife of your youth. I love it. He says, uh, he who loves his wife, whom Solomon calls his fountain, will not go abroad to drink muddy, poisoned waters. Mm. Oh, he's like, That's nah, so man, I got the fountain. What am I messing with that stuff for? Exactly. Number 13. It's like a fountain of Diet Coke. Bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I found bourbon. Found even better. Uh, number 13, labor to get the fear of God into your hearts. So ultimately, any sin is not just a sin against other people, but it is a sin against God. And so uh, he says, by fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Uh, as the embankment keeps out the water, so the fear of the Lord keeps out immorality. Mm. If you know God, if you honor God, if you fear the Lord, not afraid of him, but if you are stand in awe of him, and if you are fearful of his His, his um his holiness, yeah. then you will be very careful with sin. What about number 14? Take delight in the word of God. Mm. How sweet are your words unto my taste, the psalmist says. Let the scriptures be my pure pleasure, says Augustine. The reason why people seek after unchaste sinful pleasures is because is because they have nothing better. Mm. Right? Caesar riding through a city and seeing the women play with dogs and parrots said, surely they have no children. Those who sport with harlots have no better pleasures. He who has once tasted Christ in a promise is ravished with delight and he would scorn a temptation to sin. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, uh, so it's, it's about loving our wives, but mm-hmm. it's also then loving the word of God itself and right. word of God and, and God himself. It's good stuff. Uh, number 15, if you would abstain from adultery, use serious consideration Mm. and what he means, but he spends a number of paragraphs on this, but what he's saying is, is like, listen, think deeply. Okay. About these things. Um, think deeply about the act of this sin and what it is and what it means, what the implications are. Um, consider like how this is going to have an impact on your life. Uh, consider the connection that it's going to make with, with other sins. Um, so think deeply about the sin itself. The more you think about it, not in a sense of dwelling upon the act that you kind of want to do, but the more you think about the danger and the, the poison of it, uh, the better you are. Like, in other words, like the more knowledge you have of this sin and how it works, uh, the more repulsed you should yes. be by it and the more dangerous you see it to be. If I think like, like if your kid uh, isn't trained around firearms, right? And he sees a gun. All he knows about guns is guns are cool. I'm gonna pick up a gun, click, click, bang, bang, shoot yeah. the gun, play with the gun. All they know are toy guns. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. But if they know that guns are very dangerous and they know that you could easily uh, pull that trigger and kill somebody, if you know that there is no turning, if they understand the, the seriousness of it, they're gonna be much more likely to leave it alone or handle it very carefully. Yeah. Same with sin. Uh, Jimmy, last one, number 16. 16, pray against the sin. Luther gave a lady this advice, that when any lust began to rise in her heart, she would go to prayer. Prayer is the best armor against sin. It quenches the fu- the wild fire of lust. If prayer will cast out the devil, it will certainly cast out those lusts which come from the devil. Pray. 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 Simple stuff. Pray. Good stuff. Great stuff. All pray. right, seventh commandment. You shall not commit adultery. Honor marriage by uh, guarding your heart and by controlling your body. Uh, Encouraged by by all of this, Jimmy, I'm looking forward to discussing Commandment 8. 
Um, make sure that you guys are, are reading in, in preparation. Dwell on the commandment. Read Watson. And uh, we'll start talking about why people are stealing. Big thanks to Justin Bond of J Bond Media, the audio visual wizard of doctrine and devotion. If you've got any audio visual photography needs, hit up jbondmedia.com and he will hook you up. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. Uh, you can head on to the website, doctrinedevotion.com. There you can click on the contact us. You can uh, send us, uh, you can join our email list, or you can hit up the store and grab yourself some merchandise. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Later. Later.